Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Happy New Year. Welcome to the January 2019 Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Hayden, and I'm, as I say every month, I'm tickle pink to uh, be with you this month, and I'm really excited to have one of my, one of my good friends and brothers in Christ, uh, Rick Kirby from uh, Frontline Chaplains, with us today. So, Rick, man, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. Yep. So it's good to have you with us. Hey, Rick, instead of me asking you questions, why don't you just give us a little bio about you? Tell us tell us a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, a little bit about myself. I am originally from South Carolina, where I've been most of my life, but I've been in ministry of some sort for years. I was a, a pastor and have served in many different capacities of ministry through the years, but back in 2008, when um, I was serving as an executive director for a nonprofit, uh, that's when I realized why you call a nonprofit nonprofit because uh, I lost my job, and I was actually on my way back to seminary full time, and um, you know the Lord began to direct us into this idea of workplace chaplaincy. So um, that's one of the things we do now. I've got six kids. We've just uh, adopted a, a little girl not long ago. My oldest son is 23, just got married, so we've been seeing quite a few life changes through the last year, but um, we love people, love the Lord, love Clemson Tiger football, (laughs) um, love a lot of things, but uh, one of the things we love most is being in the workplace and serving people in ways that um, change by the day. Yeah. Now, that's great, and man, like I said, I say it about every month. We're tickled pink to have you on our podcast today. So, uh, so today our topic is uh, chaplains in the workplace, and I'm really excited about this conversation. I think that our listeners are going to be able to lean in and hopefully learn a little bit more about what that's about, and they may be interested in taking a next step mm-hmm. how they can connect with their teams even better. So, hey, um, let me tell you a little bit about. Uh, we hired at Sergeant Metal, and I know that all of our listeners have heard a little bit about Sergeant Metal as we go through um, our different episodes each month about our business. But we, Rick joined our team back in 2011 to where the reality is in, in the workplace, there's a lot of times that there's conversations that we can't have with our team because we're running the day-to-day. We're trying to get product made and shipped out the door. But people have issues. People have problems. We wanted to, we wanted to offer them just a, a, an extra voice of someone that they could talk to confidentially. And I know when you first started, it was a little slow go. People didn't know who you were. And over time, that it just takes time right. to develop relationships. So I think that we've seen tremendous growth from where we are, you know, as we start a brand new year in 2019 compared to when we started this in March 2011. I remember it vividly. So, <laughs> you know, so I think that, uh, you know, from my seat, it's been a, you've been a great member of our team. When we had things happen, you're our first phone call, Rick, yeah. and you know that. So from, you know, health issues or family issues or people in the hospital, you're one of our first calls, and mm-hmm. I think that's important. And you develop that over time. It didn't happen overnight, so it takes time right. to get these things going. So, uh, so hey, Rick, my first question, how long have you been a chaplain, and um, why did you choose to become a chaplain? Well, ironic, you know, it is ironic that we're sitting here talking because you were actually my very first company. So wow. uh, you say it was 2011. I was thinking more like 10 years, but that's just the way I think. <laughs> but um, again, it really had a lot to do, not necessarily with me choosing, it's just one of those things I fell into because uh, it was in a season of life for me, and really the reason I chose it was r- real practical. Uh, I was going through a life change. We had some had five kids, a wife, and a mortgage. I was going back to seminary full-time, and I uh, had just lost my job as an executive in a, a nonprofit. 
And some people began to put this idea in my mind about what it would look like to be a corporate chaplain and how to create that. And I came to you. I think you were the very first person I came to and said, hey, Tim, I'm a corporate chaplain and I need to serve your people. And here's why. And it was a very practical reason. I needed a job and I needed the flexibility. And honestly, I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought it would be valuable, but I had no idea that uh, very quickly God would begin to show me how deeply impactful uh, this would be. That was, again, seven, eight years ago, and I will do this for the rest of my life. I remember, I don't know if I actually said this or thought it. I keep telling people I said it to my wife, so I'm going to go ahead and say that now. But I remember even as I began serving as a chaplain, saying that, honey, when I graduate, you know, I'll do this until I graduate. This will be a good resource till I graduate. And then I'll go back into what I defined as real ministry. You know, for me, that at the time was in a pulpit somewhere, maybe on a staff at a church. And it may have taken two hours as a corporate chaplain to realize uh, God has just given you an opportunity that few people have to walk into a business where the majority of the people will never step foot in a church they're not connected relationally to a church or any other community. And you now have an opportunity to insert yourself, build relationships with people that you would never otherwise have an opportunity to build relationships with. So, you know, I hope now that my mo motives for remaining a chaplain are much purer <laughs> and spiritual than what brought me into it. But uh, it's been an incredible ride. No, that's great. And it's been good to be with you through that journey. And I know, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. But, you know, I bought my parents out in our business in February 2011. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and yeah. one of the, the first big decisions that I had made was, you know, for, for God to open that door is for you to join our team and be, oh. and be our chaplain. So, and man, when, when we look back and reflect, wow, look at the fruits that have been sown here you know, in the last eight years. And I think that we look forward to the next eight And you'd years. say that's the best decision you've ever made, right? It's one of the best. Wife. That's right. One <laughs> of the best. How about that? One of the best, brother. So anyway, so hey, my next question, explain the concept and rationale for being a chaplain in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Well, the concept's very easy, and I think most of the people listening will understand this very clearly. Uh, in the workplace, all every employee spends the majority of their waking hours in the workplace. Now, they'll go home and sleep six or eight hours at home with their family, most likely, but they spend the majority of their time with their coworkers, their waking hours. And so when we, you and I began to talk about this, and you know, now years later, I have multiple companies throughout South Carolina and Georgia, and this would be true of all those company owners or executives. We recognize that people, when they come to work, they bring their problems with them. And I've, I've heard guys say, even to their employees before, it makes me cringe when I hear it, but I hear them say, you know, this is my time. When you come through the doors of your office or the, the workplace, leave your problems at the door. And, um, you know, we, we're going to pay you an honest day's wage. and We want an honest day's work. And so you leave your problems at the door. Well, that's a, that's a nice little concept, but it's ridiculous. You and I know there's no way for that to happen. Uh, there are employees sitting in this office or in these offices this morning, and they're wanting to do a great job. They're attempting to do their job, but they've just found out their child has been diagnosed with cancer, or they're sitting here realizing that their marriage is hanging by a, sh a string, or they, they're in danger of having their home foreclosed, or it's Christmas time and some are wondering, where am I going to buy, how am I going to buy gifts for my children? And so the, they're coming to work and they have all these problems that they're dealing with, 
but they don't have anybody to turn to. You know, you can't you can't hear this in a podcast, but I'll just tell the, the listeners, uh, Tim is middle-aged. You're a middle-aged man, and I'm catching up to Tim. But you and I... Yeah, for our I mean, listeners, we're the same age, just so everyone knows. So. <laughs> uh, you and I remember a day when our culture was much more relational and communal. That doesn't mean that everybody went to church. It meant that people were together more. There were less distractions, less fewer things that kept us from being together. Even when I came here, I, I've never said this to you, but 2011 when I came here, when I would walk into the break room, People, all the employees would be sitting around the table, and you know what they would be doing? They'd be talking. They're around the table, and they're engaging one another. Uh, if we walk out there today, you know what they're doing? They're sitting on their iPhones, mm-hmm. uh, their tablets, or whatever their, their device is. They're all sitting there looking at these phones across the table from somebody who's doing the same thing. So day by day, we're becoming less relational, less communal, but we're still dealing with the same problems that we've dealt with for all of human history. We're hurting. Uh, we're separated from people, and people need to talk about those things. But when it comes time to turning to somebody to say, here's what I'm struggling with, we don't know how to do it because we don't have practice doing it. And if we want to do it, we don't have anywhere to go mm-hmm. because uh, people go to work, and then they come home, and they go in their house, and they close their door, and they want to be left alone. Uh, especially if you work 10 hours a day in a manufacturing plant or even in an office, you want to you want some time, you're tired. And, but suddenly, when divorce happens or death happens or whatever it might be, you and I as humans, we were created to be in relation with one another. And throughout the workplace, in, throughout America, uh, we're hearing from employers more and more that uh, we're seeing more absenteeism, more presenteeism, this idea that employees are at work. They're at their desk, they're at their machine, but their mind is a thousand miles away. And so the concept of chaplaincy is simply we, ins- we provide a relationship. And you said it a minute ago, this relationship doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I've been here seven, eight years, and now after seven or eight years, we're looking at it, the whole concept going, wow, look at the way things are now. But it hasn't always been that way. It takes time to build relationships, to become part of the work culture. But once that happens, beautiful things happen. Because I'm with these guys, these ladies and gentlemen, every day or every week, building relationships. They have my number. And so suddenly when something happens and they need to call somebody, they call somebody they know. Let's call Rick. And they do. And uh, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, that's, that's, uh, That's great. I'm going to veer off just for a moment. Um, when you and I, we haven't been working together too long. And I think if I recall, uh, to, just to, to let people know the magnitude of chaplains in the workplace, didn't doesn't Coca-Cola have chaplains? Coca-Cola that, that in right? Charlotte, yes. Okay. Uh, Coca-Cola Charlotte, uh, the bottling company in Charlotte. Now, there may be other uh, plants that utilize cha- chaplains as well. Mm-hmm. But in Charlotte, they do. Okay. And what you're probably thinking about is... Back in 2008, <clears throat> or around 2008, <clears throat> Coca-Cola had been for years providing chaplains, and when the economy tanked, it affected Coca-Cola as well as it did everybody else. And from what I've read, uh, Coca-Cola made a decision that they were going to have to start cutting things, and one of the things they decided to cut was their chaplaincy program. And the way it's been explained to me is when that happened and it was made known to the employees, that the employees rose up and said, listen, 
please take some other benefit. And corporate chaplaincy is a benefit, part of the package, the uh, benefit package. Uh, When that happened, they rose up and said, please, if you can find something else to take, take it. But don't take this Mm. away because this resource had become so valuable in the lives of the people. Because, again, we're not just talking about uh, a money that's paid for you know, health insurance is important, obviously, mm-hmm. but this is a relationship, and it was such a value to them that the employees said, "Please don't take it away." They, the Coca-Cola, listened. They they reinstated the program, and to my understanding, it's still in place. To That's this great. Day. But and the point I'm making is that it doesn't matter if you are a two-person organization or right. if you are a ten-thousand-person right. organization. People need relationship. Right. People need to be able to know they got somewhere to go and talk exactly. and trust. And I think that, and I think that's real good. So, hey, Rick, my next question is: Give some examples of how being a chaplain serves our employees, or serves employees at, at will, right. team members. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to use some examples. I won't use names, of course, but uh, just some general examples. I remember when when I first started here. This is one of my most vivid memories. I could only have been here just a few weeks, and I'm still introducing myself to employees. Now, of course, when I go into a company for the first time, we have an orientation. I'm introduced to the, the whole uh, team at one time, but it takes a while to introduce myself individually to people. I walked in the break room, <clears throat> and there was one employee sitting in the break room, and I reached my hand out. I took his hand, introduced myself, and I began to explain to him, because even for the employees, Corporate chaplaincy is new. It's like, you're my chaplain. I don't really understand what that means if you're not used to it. I introduced myself, explained to him what I was, what I was here for, and I I was getting ready to close that introduction and walk away, and I said, if there's ever anything I can do for you, and my next statement was going to be, please call me, let me know. And before I could finish, he said, there is. And I was a little bit taken back. He said, my mama is in the hospital right now, and um, she's dying. And I'm at work. I can't go, you know, because of whatever his work schedule is. He didn't feel like uh, he could be with her at the time. I think he had been there, but he had just come back. And he had felt such uh, weight that he was not with his mama. And he said, would you please? Now, this is somebody I've never met before. He said, would you please go and see my mama? I said, I'll leave right now. And so I, I left him. I left the, the workplace. I went to the hospital, and I met his mama. She was in very bad shape. Talked to her, spent some time with her, prayed with her. Left her my card, and I left. Well, a few days later, she died. And I get a call from this employee, and I actually believe I preached the funeral as well. It's been a few years ago, but I'm pretty certain I preached preached the funeral. But at the funeral home, you know, a lot of companies, when someone dies, they send flowers. You send me. That's That's a huge statement. I'm at the funeral home, and he said, Rick, I've got something to tell you. He said, when, um, before my mama died, after you were there, the hospital chaplain came in. And when the hospital chaplain came in, my mama said, I don't need you to be here. I have my own chaplain. And she reached down and showed him my card. And so in her mind, hours before she died, she was able to announce, I have a chaplain. Wow. She had somebody. And, and it's not because of me. It's, it's just the relationship, and I hadn't had, didn't have a relationship with her. But now if you go to talk to that employee today who's still in your company, you know, eight, nine years later, uh, he does, he's not a part of a church. 
He, um, he's just a normal guy who has the same problems anybody else does. But since that day, I, I have preached the funeral of his sister. I have been there with him in seasons of life where he had nobody else. And if you ask him today, who's your pastor? And I, I don't tell people I'm your pastor, but in his mind, Rick is my pastor. Mm-hmm. In his mind, I'm the one he goes to. And, and I always remind these guys when I hear those kinds of testimonies, and this is where it comes back to the workplace and the business value. The only reason I'm here, or the way that I'm able to be here, is because your employer cares so much for you mm. that they have provided this resource for you so that when your mama's dying, somebody's there. Mm. Tim can't always be there. Your supervisor can't always be there. But somebody can be there. Mm. And that makes a huge difference in, a, in the life of an individual and an employee and their family. I know this man's sisters is his family because of the connection I made uh, during that time. Man, that's great. And I know, Rick, you've, with our team, uh, you know, you've, unfortunately, you've had to, you've, you've had to perform funerals of some yeah. of our team members. You've, you've married some of our team yeah. members. You've done everything all across the board. And I think to be there for those relationships, and I think, and we do deeply care for our people. Right. I, I love, I love our team and I, I will go to battle and do everything we can to support our team. You're just an extension of what we're right. doing, and I think, and it's really great to, you know, for us to have that opportunity for our team. It's a big deal, yeah. I, and, and I think that, and I hope that our listeners can really lean in and listen to, to the example Rick just gave. That's a real example. Yeah, and there's a billion others. That's right. And do I have time for one more? Sure. Uh, one? Go ahead. Sure. Um, about about that time, you had another employee who came to me one day and said, you know, I've just found out my wife has been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, this guy, he made too much money to qualify for Medicare and did not make enough money for the kind of insurance he needed to take care of his wife and those cancer needs at that time. And he came to me and he said, Rick, I've just come back from the cancer center. Uh, I took my wife there for the treatment and for the, the needs that she needed. And they, they turned her away. They said that if unless you have the cash in your hand, we can't provide this, this uh, resource, the, this care for your wife. And he comes to me. So see who he's calling. He calls me and says, Rick, I don't know what to do. So the reason I'm giving this illustration is for the one who says, oh, you're bringing religion in the workplace. It's not always about that. In a very short time, I was able to get on the phone because in my mind, I'm thinking there must be something in place for this man and for his wife to get the care that she needs. And it didn't take long that I was able to find, absolutely, there are resources in place for somebody just like that. Was able to connect him to those resources. He was able to make a few phone calls just because I was able to lead him to those resources. And his wife was able to get to the care that she needed. And uh, today she's doing very well. That's right. But it's just things like that, yep. that where somebody just needs a little more and the resource needs to be in place just to help them a little more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, that's excellent. That's some excellent, excellent examples. Hey, my next question is, what would you say to the business owner or executive who says religion or having chaplains in the workplace, uh, or who says religion has no place in the workplace? Yeah, and I think that last example is a beautiful segue into that yeah. answer. Um, you know, I am unapologetically a follower of Christ. My life is lived by God's grace for Christ and for his purpose. But being a chaplain in the workplace is uh, not a whole lot different, I don't think, than being a Christian doctor or a Christian attorney. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to go to an attorney because he's a Christian. I'm going to go to an attorney because I know he can win my case, Mm -hmm. or a Christian doctor or a doctor who's not a believer. 
because I believe I can get the care that I need from mm-hmm. him. And I don't think there's a lot of people who would not go to one of those services because he's a Christian. I'm a Christian chaplain. And in our workplace, we've got a lot of different people of different faiths. A lot of people of no faith at all. A lot of people who don't agree or, or maybe who don't have the same perspectives I do. My job in the workplace is not to convert people to be what I am necessarily. It's not to change them into anything, but to be here to serve them, to serve them the same way that Christ would serve them if he were physically here. And I believe he is physically here mm-hmm. through me and through the church. But again, in all the examples that we've just given are just a few of the billions of examples we could give about people who are going through problems and dealing with things that they don't have anybody to turn to to help them deal with it. Uh, so I would say to those who think, oh, you're just trying to bring religion into the workplace. No, it's not that at all. Uh, we're simply trying to come alongside and walk with people, not only the employees, but their families as well. I've had as many uh, employees' husbands and employees' wives who call me as I do employees. Mm. It is not unusual at all for uh, a family member of an employee to call me and say, Rick, I am so-and-so. And I got your card from, you know, my who, whoever, my husband or my brother or whatever, to call me and say, here's some things we're struggling with. Can we talk to you? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. So we want to be there to help people because it makes an incredible difference in the workplace uh, in terms of morale. Uh, when they come to work and they, when you feel like your, your employer loves and cares for you, and again, we're reminding people that I'm here because your employer loves you, cares for you. That's, they're the ones who put this in place. Mm-hmm. So it's not about making, turning the, the workplace into a Sunday school hour. It's about coming alongside of people where they are mm-hmm. and, and helping them yeah. when they need help. That's really, really good. Um, how do you respond um, to the critic who thinks this is a religious effort or objective? Well, the, they, they would just have to... Um, I would respond by saying none of the employees that I serve care that I'm Presbyterian, Baptist, non-denominational, Christian, whatever I might be. I've got situations right now, I'll leave you and I'm going to the hospital and uh, I'm going to be sitting by the bedside of someone who's uh, in in a bad way this morning. And it won't be the first time that that's happened. When when a person is close to the end of life or when their spouse has been diagnosed with cancer, which is happening every week, this is a weekly occurrence. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I come, I, again, I, these, the best answers I can give are, are examples. I, there was a, a time a few years ago where an employee had a baby. It was a two-year-old baby. The baby uh, had a, a brain issue and they were going to have to do a surgery. The surgery itself, to talk to the doctors, was not a major issue, but if your baby is getting ready to have brain surgery, even if the doctor says this is not life-threatening or major, it's still major. Sure. And so, again, I was new in this particular workplace. I knew that they were going to be at the hospital at 6 p.m., and I showed up. They didn't know I was coming. They didn't know why I was there. I showed up just minutes before the baby was taken away. And uh, they were blown away. Rick, why are you here? I said, well, because your company loves you. And I love you, and we want to be here to help you uh, in these moments. And that family didn't care what my religious preference was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not, again, trying not, try not to convert them, but trying to encourage and comfort them. And um, so I would answer anyone who would say, oh, you're trying to bring religion, and religiosity is the objective. 
No, go talk to these people. Go talk to these employees whose lives have been radically changed and encouraged and ask them, how ha- what has been the attempt to change you, convert you, to bring religion into your life? Uh, the, these guys, these employees would go to bat. Not, not just for me, but for this concept. And that's, that's the answer. That's the, the, the people who would criticize or even question the objective. They need to look a little, more, a little closer at the fruit that's being produced. And I think they'll get their answer. Uh, that's, that's really good. Hey, so as we start to close, and before, before, before I ask you a, a very brief last question, it's really awesome to, you know, the story you told me on the front end about this was just going to be for a, you know, you being a chaplain, right. it's going to be for a season, and now you'll do this for the rest of your life. To see the growth in you mm. from back in 2011 to 2019 is remarkable. To see the connections and to hear the, to hear the, the warmth in your voice and to hear the passion in your voice about, you know, about it is all about loving our team. Yeah. And, and for you to be able to extend that love in areas that we can't extend it. Right. I think, uh, you know, if you're a business owner or business leader, listen to this, lean in and really listen and get connected with someone out there that may can help you to do right. that. So, so hey, so is there any, is there one last piece of advice you'd like to give our listeners today? Well, the, the advice is give me a call because uh, I believe that every company, you know, you've already said it, it doesn't matter what the size is. Companies like Tyson Foods, Coca-Cola, all these big companies for years uh, have used chaplains but it doesn't matter what size or what the culture of the company is. I serve retail companies as well as manufacturing. But the advice is your people desperately need an outlet, a resource. Whether it's me or someone else, uh, you need to provide that. The, the benefits far outweigh the cost, whatever you might perceive that cost to be. And Tim, you know I come cheap, but, <laughs> but the, the, the benefits far outweigh whatever the price might be. Uh, so I, I would encourage every business owner to really look. You know, Richard Branson has a, a quote that he's oftentimes known for saying that if that customers are not the most important thing, your employees are. If you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers. And I, I think our American culture, American workplace, needs to be reminded of that we need to place a greater emphasis on serving and loving those who are working for us. And it'll make a huge difference in the workplace. Yeah, that's great. Hey, one thing, and, and all of our listeners know, you know, we, we put show notes out. Rick, can we put your contact information oh, in our show notes? And that way, if anyone would like that's listening today, would like to be able to reach out to you, they can do that. Absolutely, so, please so do. I think it's great. And one last thing, and you know, um, I'll give John Phillips a plug, our great friend here in town that, that uh, owns a business, that you are the chaplain there as well. And he told me, he says, Tim, one check that I don't mind signing every month, I don't even think about. It's the check that we signed for Rick Kirk. Well, I, mean, I like that. In and fact, I, I'm going to go up on the price on that. <laughs> yeah, he, he may get me for saying it. And I'll tell you, I feel the same way. Yeah. So this is just part of this is part of our benefit package. Yeah. And I think that it, it is great for us to be able to do that. So, so with that, hey, we'll close this month. Everyone, make sure to turn in next month. Everyone, take care and God bless. If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If there's specific topics you'd like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We'll be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them, and we'll be seeing you guys next month.